Can we have the reading, please? The first reading is from Genesis chapter 1, starting at verse 26. It can be found on page 1 of the Old Testament section of the Bible. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. The Gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, All you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we look at God's word, let's uh, pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for all it teaches us. In these next few moments, would you come by your Holy Spirit, open our minds and our hearts to hear those words that you want to say to each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
I made a new discovery this week. My, my new discovery of the week is that um, my watch, I've had this watch since September, but I only discovered this week that it does something new. It, it, it relaxes me. It's got a setting on it that is just called relax. And I was quite intrigued about how my watch could make me relax, so I, I googled it, as you do, and, um, and according to the blurb, the relax setting on my Fitbit says it provides personalised deep breathing sessions that can help you find moments of calm during your day. It uses changes in your heart rate when you're still to recommend a personalised breathing pattern during each guided breathing session. Deep breathing can help you let go of stress and maintain a quieter state of mind. And research shows that taking a few minutes to relax each day can reduce blood pressure and lower your risk of cardiovascular disease. Good. So today, we're thinking about rest. We're thinking about taking time to relax and what the value of rest is. And let me begin by saying that this has been a really challenging topic for me. Um, I'm saying what I'm saying to you, what you're hearing me say, is exactly what I'm saying to myself this morning. Because I think we all know that many of us, we don't live lives that demonstrate a high value of rest. And we live in a world and we have to operate in a world that doesn't value rest very highly. Now, if we were to to go outside and ask somebody why rest is important, I think the first thing that they would tell us is that we, we rest because we get tired. I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? We get tired, so we have to sit down and have a rest. Or we work all day, so we have to sleep at night because we're tired. And we know what happens when we don't get the rest that we need. I know what happens to me. First thing is that I get grumpy. Um, The second thing is I might get hungry. Um, The third thing is that I'll end up with a sore throat and possibly a cough or a cold. We're all different, but those are the things that tell us, our body tells us in its own way, that when we've been working too hard and when we need to take a break. So we rest because we're tired. But another reason that we might think rest is important is so that we can enjoy our achievements. If we get to the end of a long day or if we get to have that moment of sitting down in the middle of the day, it's good for us to look back on what's been good in that day or in that week. That's what's good about a weekend. We can reflect on the week that's gone and think, yeah, that was good. It's better if we do, yes, that was good, rather than nitpick at what we should have done better or what we've forgotten to do or haven't yet managed to do. But enjoying our achievements is an important part of resting. For those of us that are perfectionists, that's not always easy. But in every week and every day, there is something that we can look back on and say, we did well. You know, that's the reason that I make sure in our house my bed is made every day. If you make your bed every day, it doesn't matter what kind of day you have. It doesn't matter how frustrated you are when you go to bed and you think you haven't actually achieved anything all day. You can look at the bed and go, hey, I made the bed. (laughs) I did a good job. And then you can get in the bed and have the rest that you need. So... Make your bed. Family rule in our house. For Christians, there are other reasons for rest, of course. We, uh, we rest to reinforce our worth as a human being, not a human doing. We're created to be, not to do. God doesn't love us anymore if we work ourselves into the ground. God loves us because he created us. He loves us and accepts us because of who we are, not what we achieve. We've got nothing to prove to God. 
and uh, we can't earn his love by working harder. So when we rest, we remind ourselves that we are who we are before God, not what we achieve. Christians might also want to say that we rest as an act of faith. You know, it's hard sometimes to stop. I love my work. There are days when somebody in our house will knock on the study door in late in the evening and say, stop, you need to stop. I love what I do. And it's hard to walk away from that. It's hard to believe that I can stop. It's hard to believe that the whole world will not grind to a halt if I don't stop. You know, if I take my eye off the ball, everything might fall apart. The whole church might grind to a halt if I don't carry on working. If I don't carry on working, the whole kingdom of God might never come. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It sounds ridiculous. It's making it about me and not about God. When I stop, when I rest, I'm reminding myself that the world does not depend on Helen. It doesn't depend on me. It depends on God, and God is trustworthy. Things won't fall apart if I stop for one day, because God's trustworthy. Things in the church will not grind to a halt if I stop for one day, because God is trustworthy. The kingdom of God will continue to be fulfilled. It's perhaps more likely to be fulfilled if I stop and take the rest that I need one day a week. Because God is trustworthy. The world and our work in it depend on God. And if we make it dependent on us, then we're doing it the wrong way around. We aren't trusting God at all. Ultimately, for Christians, I think we need to rest because that's where and how we will find God. We know this because Jesus says it in that beautiful passage that we heard in Matthew 11. Come to me and I will give you rest. Jesus invites us into God's rest, where we can put down our burdens, where we can stop, and where we can receive his peace. So when we rest, we're giving God the opportunity to minister to us, to speak his words of love to us, and to restore and recreate and refresh us through his Holy Spirit. And that has implications for the shape our rest takes, I think. You, you know, you'll know the saying as I do, a change is as good as a rest. Well, no, it's not. If you need a rest, you need a rest. A change can be good. A change can be different. A change can be refreshing. But it isn't a rest. If you need a rest, you need a rest. You know, in that reading that we heard from Genesis, we had the, the first account of rest as God finishes the work of creation on the sixth day. And it's there that we're shown the real value of rest to God. He's made humankind in his own image. He's blessed them in verse 28. He sees that everything is very good in verse 31. And then on the seventh day, he rests. And he blesses the seventh day. And he hallows it. And that little passage on page one of the Pew Bibles, if you want to look at it, it contains three key theological ideas about rest that help us to understand how important it is and why we should value it so highly. And the first key idea that we find in that passage is that God creates humankind in his own image and then rests. I think sometimes we struggle to understand and we certainly struggle to communicate what it means to be created in God's image. I mean, does it mean he has a head and arms and legs and a body like we do? 
Is it a physical resemblance? Or is it something a bit deeper than that? Is it our nature that in some way resembles God's image? How we reflect the image of God, how we communicate it, is a really important question. And this morning I'm only scratching the surface on this, but it is actually the most important question I think our world is facing at the moment. Is that question of what does it mean to be human? The answer to that question that is being debated and is coming into so many issues that are facing our um, 21st century world. The world needs our Christian response to the question, what does it mean to be human? As we unravel these debates that are going on, things like genetic engineering, what does it mean to be human when we consider genetic engineering? What does it mean to be human when we think about artificial intelligence and all the different things now that can be made to happen through artificial intelligence? How does our understanding of what it means to be a human being enable us to respond to the question of euthanasia and to contribute to that debate? How does it help us to contribute to the debate in the diversity of sexuality and gender? How does it help us to contribute to debates on abortion and disabilities and how we respond to other people? The question of what it means to be human is a really important one for our world. I would say it's the most important theological question that we face. And for us as Christians, the answer, of course, part of the answer is found in what it means to be made in the image of God. Being made in the image of God, part of that means that we rest on seventh day, just as God did. We work and then we rest. We rest and we value rest because God rested and because it's a part of what makes us human. Resting is then being created in God's image. So he rests and then he blesses the rest. What does it mean if God blesses something? What does it mean? This morning I blessed the new Bible for the 8 o'clock congregation. They have a new large print Bible that they're using. What does it mean when we bless something? In that passage in Genesis, so far, the only things that have been blessed are living things, creatures and people. And they've been blessed by God in order to be fruitful and to multiply. So blessing seems to carry with it some sort of enabling fruitfulness for God. And as we prayed for the Bible this morning, our prayer was that it would be fruitful in our lives. Perhaps we might want to view our rest in that way. If it's blessed by God, it will be fruitful for God. Our rest enables us to multiply our efforts in some way. Rest is valuable because it leads to fruitfulness. Now, as well as resting on the seventh day and blessing it, in verse 3 it tells us, God hallowed the seventh day. He made it holy. When God makes things holy, he makes them set apart as special for him. They belong to him if they're holy in some special way. If we read further on through Genesis and into Exodus, we hear about how God descends to Mount Sinai to meet with Moses. And because God is descending to the mountain, he warns that anybody even touching the mountain will die because it is holy for God. It's set apart. Later on in the Old Testament, we read the story of the Ark of the Covenant being brought back into Jerusalem by King David. And there are special rules about the Ark because it's holy. It's set apart. You have to carry it in a certain way. And King David doesn't follow the rules. 
He puts it on the back of an oxen cart. As the oxen cart are moving along, one of the oxen stumbles, one of the carriers, one of the people around alongside, reaches out a hand to steady the Ark of the Covenant. And he dies because it's holy. It's not to be touched. It's God's. It's set apart. Holy things are God's things. It might seem harsh to us and we might struggle to understand it. But these are God's things. Humans are to approach the holy with reverence and with fear. And the Sabbath is one of the first things that God makes holy. Do we treat it, I wonder, with due reverence and fear? You know, when we think about how Jesus treated Sabbath... Um, we can see clearly through the stories of the Gospels that he disagreed with the religious authorities about how Sabbath should be implemented, about the rules and regulations that had grown up around it. But he never disagrees with them about the principle of Sabbath. Jesus rested. He got tired. He went away to rest. Rest was important to him. And for Jesus, very often, rest involved going away on his own and climbing a mountain and praying. Our rest might look like that. It might look a little bit different. But it should include enough quiet and solitude to be able to talk to God and to listen to him. We can't do that if our rest time is full of noise and other people and busyness. We need to be able to listen to God. I often find it's in the very quiet activities that I hear most clearly from God, even if I'm not specifically or consciously praying. You know, God speaks to me through the nature as I go out for a walk. God speaks to me through images that are created when I'm reading a book or watching a film. God speaks to me through the thoughts that come into my head as I'm dozing in the sun. Rest might involve all of those things, or it might involve other things. One of my favorite things to do when I'm taking a rest is to take my coloring book and find somewhere nice to sit, go somewhere beautiful, or to do some writing. But sometimes my rest involves other things. Sunday afternoons for me are my rest times. And Sunday afternoons I'm usually cooking. I love cooking. It's restful for me. And God speaks to me in that time. Sometimes the rest I need is real sleep. And God can speak to us in that time too. Even if it's simply through waking up and feeling restored. As we rest in quietness and solitude, our channels of communication with God open wider. And we can find that God speaks to us in all kinds of surprising ways. I think it was the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, who famously said, we should think about prayer as sunbathing with God. Sunbathing with God. Prayer is like lying on a sunbed, being bathed in God's light and allowing the warmth of his love to seep into our bodies. That's the kind of rest that I think Jesus is inviting us to in Matthew's passage. And that's important rest because it's an integral part of our being human. It's part of the way God wants us to be. It's part of our fruitfulness. And it enables us to enter into the holiness of God. So we need to take it really seriously. Isn't it amazing how 21st century watchers have finally caught up with what was written in the Bible 3,000 years ago. Rest is good for us. It's good for our bodies. You know, thinking and praying this subject of rest through in this week has uh, caused me some problems. It's been a busy week anyway. And the time that I've set aside to work on what I wanted to say has been difficult. It's been wrestling with God. 
Ian is now on sabbatical. That word sabbatical comes from the word sabbath. It's an extended period of rest from church life. And that means that I'm going to be busier over the next few weeks and months. And that will be challenging for me then to guard my time off of time of rest. And to make sure that when I do rest, I'm not attacked by guilt of saying that I should be doing something. Just as I know that as you've been listening to me this morning, some of you will have been attacked by guilt. That rest becomes another thing to fit into your busy lives. How will you make that happen? It's hard. It is really hard. We're living in a world that makes it even harder for us. But I hope that in this time that we've shared together this morning, we've been able to start thinking about how we manage and value our own rest. Do we really see it as being something so important to God that he blessed it and made it holy as one of the very first things that he did? Do we really see it as being part of our being made in God's image and therefore not something we should ever feel guilty about or sorry for? Perhaps this week we all need to take up that challenge to think about what changes we would make to give rest a higher value in our lives and to ensure that we each take the time that we need to stop and to enjoy our achievements and to allow God to minister to us so that we can go on as recreated and refreshed people to be fruitful in the next period of our work. Jesus says, Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Those are words of invitation from Jesus, our friend and our saviour. So let's pray now that we are able to make them a reality in our lives. Let's pray. Father God, you made us in your own image. That includes us needing to rest. You blessed the seventh day and you hallowed it. Help us to treat it with due reverence and fear. Help us to take it seriously. Help us to realise it is for our good and our benefit. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for that invitation to come to you. In the next few days and weeks, help us to work out how that might look in our own lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.